Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Jordan, uh, it's very windy in Los Angeles, and I'm not just talking about these Hollywood executives. Oh my God, Jesse! Sorry, did you go there? I had to. I had to go there. Hold on. Did you just? Am I, Daniel? Are are we having audio problems? Because I I thought Jesse just went there, but that's that's no. There's no way. This guy loves Hollywood. There's no way he would slaughter a sacred cow like that. Let me put it this way, Jordan. Do I love Hollywood? Yeah, sure. Do I love... It's the glamour, the fashion. Do I love the glamour and the fashion? Yes. Do I love the movie-going experience? Of course. Ask my good friend Nicole Kidman. Mm -hmm. Do I love Hollywood executives? (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. But Jesse, they're the ones who make it all possible. They're the ones who say green light. Go ahead, Vin. Tell us a story that on the outside is all about muscle cars, but in reality is all about family. These Hollywood executives are It was are their so, idea to make it about family. Jesse. They're so busy cutting their own version of Justice League. <laughs> Meddling with Zack Snyder's vision. Yeah, okay. We agree with we I agree with you on that. Okay, that's all I got. At least it's the just, Snyder Cut does restore the Snyderverse. I didn't intend to talk about Hollywood executives. It just came up naturally because, as you know, I'm one of America's, <laughs> so, I'm probably America's premier satirist since the late, great Will Rogers. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. But it is extraordinarily windy. Mm-hmm. And the good news about that is I was at the flea market this morning. Well, it's good news and bad news. I was at the flea market this morning. I saw... Five canopies go up like a hot air balloon, just oh in into the sky, just majestic, majestic <laughs> as hell. Like a fucking, it was like a Albuquerque hot air balloon festival, or possibly something with, you know, uh, when you go to the beach and there's a lot of those kites that mm-hmm. can do tricks. Right. Not to not to take it back to Hollywood, but do you think that's where Jordan Peele got the idea for Nope? <laughs> I think probably. I mean, just I haven't. Watching- canopies sail through the air on a windy day i haven't seen nope and i don't know what the premise is because it seemed like it would probably be scary Mm -hmm. but it's definitely uh 100 where american beauty got the idea for american beauty right so i think in a lot of ways i mean i don't let me put it this way jordan Mm. i had a real rush this morning at the flea market because i had I had this overwhelming feeling that something dark was going on behind suburbia's mm. white picket fences. Right. Wait, hold on. Did Jesse just go there again? Sorry. Slamming America's greatest institution, the white picket fenced houses of suburbia where dreams come true and everybody can can live the American hold, dream. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm getting a phone call. Okay. Hi, hold Will. On. How are you? Just- listening jesse's actually picking up his phone he's not miming a phone how's how's heaven going will still doing rope tricks up there i'm glad to hear it of course i'll carry your mantle as america's greatest satirist i'm glad to what you want me to take on hollywood and the dark things going on behind white picket fences all right uh quick question 
Do you mind if I target the clowns in Congress? You don't? You think that's a great idea? Well, <laughs> I'm glad to. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy doing rope tricks, which was the famous thing you did besides jokes. Uh, goodbye, Will Rogers. Say hi for me. Oh, wait, did you say hi for me? Did you say hi for me? <laughs> I didn't, I accidentally didn't say hi for you. Sorry, Jordan. I know Ugh. that you said the next time I talk to the ghost of Will Rogers. Say hi heaven, for me. We all, we should all hope to do good in this world so that we can go to heaven and become ghosts. God, I would love to be a heaven ghost. <laughs> Scaring the shit out of Jesus. Ooh. <laughs> 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 Rattling chains around God's house. Got me again. Sure. <laughs> That's Christ. And of course, jamming with Hendrix. Oh, yeah. And my ghost guitar. Take it, Jimmy. Do you, you don't think that, that you would play, you don't think you would play a living guitar? You think you would get a special guitar just for ghosts? Yeah, I would get a guitar that um, was killed in a murder and uh, has has something to something to prove. I still has still has unfinished business. I want a dead guitar with unfinished business. Is, and that business, jamming with Hendrix. It's not Chopping Mall, but my kid watched this movie where the killer has an electric guitar with like a drill bit at the end mm -hmm. that uses rock and roll power to drill people to death. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty great. I don't remember what yeah. movie it is. Um, I think I think there's a good chance that our guest knows what movie this is. <laughs> what would you put this at? Uh, 50-50, 55-45? 50-50. I think there's a 50% chance that our guest knows about this movie. Just given given what I know about <laughs> given what I know about her knowledge base. Uh our guest on the program. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Our guest on the program, uh, one of our faves, uh, one of the hosts of the podcast, Our Opinions Are Correct, and she has a brand new book called Promises Stronger Than Darkness, Charlie Jane Anders. Hi, Charlie Jane. How are you? Hi, uh, I'm Charlie Jane Anders, a.k.a. The Human Tumult, and I'm so excited to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. This is uh, such a, it's such a thrill to be a returning guest. Like, this is... Uh, once is could be an accident, but clearly, you know, something has gotten gummed yeah. up here. And Let like, me just no, say, no, no, CJ, welcome into the program. Thank you for flipping the table. <laughs> it is the, the, it is my honor the, the, the table and I are doing sure. a majestic dance, a balletic maneuver of, of, you know, we're flipping each other really like just over and over again. I've heard of elevated horror, but elevated podcasting. <laughs> I'm elevated right now. Okay. <laughs> Jesse, put your pants back on. God damn it. <laughs> oh, God. Charlie Jane, do you I've know the name A24, of this movie? I don't so know. wait, was the movie I was the movie Chopping Mall? Were we talking about Chopping Mall? No, we're, we're not new? talking about Chopping Mall because Chopping Mall, I know about Chopping Mall. I've also okay, seen good. big portions of Chopping heathen. Mall. Yeah. Chopping <laughs> Mall has no chopping. Yeah, Zero chopping lasers. in chopping. That's true. That is true. The film is Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, I, I went ahead and Googled okay. horror okay. movie guitar okay. drill. Uh, I never it, would have gotten that. Yeah. Slumber Party Massacre 2, according to my child, uh, was intended to be a, a comic take or satire on the you know, uh, the co-eds getting murdered slasher genre. 
Right. Uh, that was then possibly taken from the director or rewritten and turned into just a regular one. Oh, God. Uh, but with a guy who plays guitar. That's wrong information. Hold on. I'm getting an update. That's wrong information. Grace, what's the Slumber right Party information? Slumber Party Massacre 1 was stolen. Slumber Party Massacre 2. Slumber Massacre 1 was written as a spoof, but then... Okay, update. Slumber Party Massacre 2 was written and directed by the woman who wrote the first one as a spoof. Okay. Okay. Slumber Party Massacre... This update from Grace Thorne, kind enough to burst in with a correction. Slumber Party (laughs) Massacre 1 was written and intended as a satire parody. Then was taken away from the writer-director and made into a standard slasher film. Slumber Party... Two was written and directed by the woman who was supposed to make Slumber Party One until the film got taken away. Uh, it's a very weird movie with a lot of original songs, um, Ooh, way more original yeah. songs than most slasher movies have. Um, a lot of them are diegetic and either played by the band in the movie uh or on the the radio presented as though they're hit songs and the characters sing along with them as though they're hit songs but there are original songs written for the movie oh this is just everything about this it's freaking delightful my favorite i want to subscribe to this podcast that you're hosting right now (laughs) (laughs) same especially if grace occasionally comes in and just offers more you know you know backstory my favorite movie of that type is called Night Train to Terror. I'm pretty sure that's the title. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie that's actually like three short horror movies edited together. Like they just found three like 20 to 30 minute horror movies and mm-hmm. edited them together into a single feature. But the framing device is that there's a train where God and Satan are debating whether humans are good or not or whether humans can be saved. Whoa. And they're they're like playing chess, I want to say, but they're just hanging out and drinking <laughs> and like having this debate. But the train's going to crash at midnight and there's a bunch of teenagers on the train, the same train that God and Satan are on. And the teenagers... <laughs> The teenagers are breakdancing and playing like their own music. That's like, again, original songs for the movie and it's diegetic and like, and there's like a demonic bellhop who occasionally comes through with a cart. And it's just like, like breakdancing teenagers on the train where also God and Satan are debating human nature. And then Satan will be like, well, let's consider this one case of this one person who deserves to go to hell. And then they'll show a horror movie and then they'll come back and like, God will be like, no, that didn't prove your point at all because here's some Nazis. And then they go (laughs) to another movie. It's like, it's amazing. The break dancing is somewhat interesting to me. I think I am by far most compelled by the fact that God and Satan prefer to travel by rail. I mean, I can understand why that would be given that you get some time to enjoy the scenery Right. Um, maybe God has panic attacks um, and, you know, ran out of Xanax and was just like, I, you know what? I'm just going to fly. I can't yeah. fly during Thanksgiving. I'm just I'm going to take Amtrak, yeah. see the nation by rails. And of course, uh, you know, have a debate about morality with my greatest enemy. Mm-hmm. Would you say that this movie is on or off the rails? <laughs> it's it's on the rails and it's heading steadily off the rails it's like oh, yeah. there's a there's a junction ahead and some guy is trying to turn a little i don't know yeah do god do god the devil and the teens acknowledge each other not that i can remember i think the teens are just there to be kind of doomed they're just there they're gonna die yeah. soon and they're just dancing around on this train 
for no reason. Is this, Charlie Jane, the kind of thing that you watch in your everyday life, or was this a vacation into the uh, theater of the horrific absurd? It's the kind of thing I used to watch every day in my everyday life, partly because I just had like this huge passion for cult movies, like from an early age, and partly because I used to have a job where like this uh, website about science fiction. And one of my things that I would do in my job is just post a weird clip from a, a cult movie every once in a while, just to kind of keep people guessing. And so this was a movie I dug up and ended up watching a lot of because I was like, holy shit, how does this exist? Who who authorized this? And yeah, I mean, I haven't watched cult movies in actually it's been a couple of years, I got to say. Have you been in a cult at all? I have not. I once spent a day with the Raelians, who are the people who believe that they cloned a baby and are kind of nudists. I, I, I thought they their... were the pe- people who believed that uh, all debates over whether humanity was good or evil should take place on the rails. And well I was going to say they're a cult of people well who worship played. Ray Romano. <laughs> <laughs> well, count me in because that Slightly guy's fucking well great played, and everything. Still, yeah, I would join either one of those cults. Very underrated, <laughs> yeah, the I've Get Shorty TV in show. I've been a cult, but I've been adjacent to cults on various occasions. Can we hear more about the Raelians now that we've made the best jokes in the world about their name? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were just very nice. They were very nice people who, you know, believe in cloning and... You know, they they believe it was like very they had, their beliefs were very weird and incoherent and they were very kind of like sweet and touchy feeling. And it was just felt like a big potluck. Like mm-hmm. I went to their hangout and it just felt like a big potluck with a bunch of like, you know, sweet uh, weirdos kind of. I don't know. It was it was a lot mellower than I was expecting. I'm going to be honest. When you say that they're partial nudists, what what does that entail? Well, I mean, I used to see them here. Like they're based out of like, at least at the time they were based out of Las Vegas, but I used to see them here in San Francisco and they would just show up like five or six of them stark naked holding signs and just like stand out on the street for like an hour or two naked holding signs about (laughs) come with us, bring a hot dish. (laughs) And then, and then they'd be gone. And it was just like, Oh, it's the naked Raelians again. Okay. When you said semi nude. When you said they were semi-nudists, I immediately just assumed sun's out, guns out. Mm, I mean, kind of, yeah. I mean, they were very, you know, they hung out in the Castro, which is where a lot of people hang out naked. Um, There's been, it's it's become slightly less, there's been a little bit of a crackdown on total nudity in the Castro in recent years, but you still see these dudes standing out there with like little, like, gold lame things covering their genitalia and just hanging out. I find it to be such a comfort. If I'm in the Castro district of San Francisco, any kind of, now many of the, um, many of the gay subcultures with committed outfits, uh, like specifically subculturally associated outfits, many of those men are now in their 70s. Um, and I just love seeing them, you know, get out there and chop it up. Yeah. Uh, my, it's... my godfather, uh, shout out to my godfather, Michael is the, just the gentlest Episcopalian, uh, God loving 80 ish year old. I think he's 81 or 82 now. Um, 
And he just has the manner of uh, just a sweet, gentle church man, which he is. Um, but he also just has been wearing the same sort of giant leather belt and black leather suspenders every day since I have known him um, oh. in 1986. Like, this and he just will, melts my heart. He often wears one of those um, like Marlon Brando black leather hats. You know, oh, like I a like it. a taxi driver's hat, but all black leather. And he's just he's just such a cross between the church lady and a leather daddy that it that seeing anyone in a gold lame anything, uh, a black leather dick sling with shoulder straps, like dick all these sling. things, just That's what it is. Like they all just like warm my, warm the little cockles of my heart. Just remind me of of childhood and and comfort and and good memories. That is that is so sweet. I really stand older people who just rock whatever the fuck they want to wear, you know? Mm -hmm. And I always feel like there's this weird pejorative thing of like, oh, you're too old to wear that. Oh, you know, you're trying to like whatever. And it's like, when are you going to be younger than you are now? It's not like you're going to be younger next week and you can wear it then. Like, yeah. you're just like, that's. That's why I'm wearing this big old dye dye. <laughs> <laughs> Did you say Durndal? <laughs> no, but I would sure. Why not? Let's switch it. And now I'm an alpine lady. <laughs> I mean, I love a Durndal. Sure, yeah. Fill that and fill that Durndal with filthy number twos, baby. <laughs> Ooh, dirty Durndal. <laughs> um, that's what die die means, Jordan. Sure. Short for dirty Durndal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, interesting. I didn't know. Yeah. Charlie Jane, I wanted to ask you, I wanted to uh, pivot away from diaper talk mm -hmm. because that's, you know. They say steer into the skid, but go ahead, Jordan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, I wanted to pivot away from diapers and uh, ask you about, I really love your YA series, third oh. book. Oh my gosh, third book thank coming you. out. Third book, third book coming out. Third book, yeah. Final, third, third and final. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you. I really think you do a great job of like capturing teen feelings, and I'm like, I'm fascinated with that. Like, how do you is it is it weird going back and like trying to remember teen feelings to write about them as an adult? It can be kind of hard, you know, especially the older you get. Like I, I wrote a novel about teenagers like several years ago and it was easier then. And I feel like there's a weird thing where like the older you get, the more it just feels a little bit more, a little bit more distant. I mean, I know some teenagers. I hang out with teenagers. There's teenagers in my life who I talk to a lot. Um, you know, the thing is trying to be true to the 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 emotion without like you know, you don't want to be that creepy person who's like, it feels a little voyeuristic in a weird way for an adult human to be like, you know, so I really do try to kind of rather than, you know, try to capture the feelings of the teens around me, I really do try to travel back in my own mind to how that felt when I was a teenager. And all that stuff is still there. It's funny, you never really let go of it. Like it's all still in there. Charlie just Jane, like what? Focus hold hard on, enough. hold on. I have an important uh, thread I want to pull on here. Mm-hmm. What teens are you hanging out with? Are you headed? Or do you, do you go like uh, do your uh -oh. work instead of the coffee shop? You do it down at the teen center. Oh God, no! Uh, you know, I've got a nephew. I've got uh, my partner has a kind of honorary 
nephew who lives downstairs, actually two nephews who live downstairs who hang out a lot and steal all our clothes and usually with permission, I guess. But, you know, we just they borrow them and then we never see them again. Uh, I lost a tiara recently, which I'm really sad about. But, wow. uh, you know, it's, you know, you know this is I, why people this is why people talk about the decline of American values. Right. It's because teens are quote unquote borrowing tiaras that we never see again. Yeah. And, and Obama does nothing guy. about it. Sorry to be this guy. They're learning about it on TikTok. Yeah, I think that's probably it's true. true. The, Chine the Chinese true. government is trying to cut down on American tiaras because they make us feel great and let, superior. Let me say this, though. To the other countries. Let me yes. say this, though. I am not above enjoying a few tiara fails. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, they put ketchup on them or is, whatever. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, or... Or just like you, you accidentally wear the double tiara because you forgot you were already wearing a tiara. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It's a bit happens, of a hat on a hat. Happens but to yeah. the best of us. Yeah, exactly. Bit of a, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Jesse, I did work at a teen center for a while, um, but I had to quit because we were always having to save that fucking place. Yeah. Like, enough. I, that's a, that's a, now Charlie Jane, a lot save, of people I can't ask, save this place again. A lot of people ask Jordan how he came to be a professional break dancer. And it's a long and beautiful story, but it involves saving the teen center 17 times between the year 1985 wow. and the year 1995. This place, just, it's, not, it's not a stable business model. I'm sorry. If it needs saving that much. They need to charge the teens more. Sure. They got money. They're, 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 fencing these, they're fencing these tiaras. They got the cash. <laughs> I mean, they're always just spending money on like... Fancy shoes and I don't know vape pens. Look yeah. at those fucking vape pens. They can they could chip in some money for the sure the center. Absolutely, take a little bit of your jewel budget each month. Exactly, or like all that midnight basketball. Like Thank there's probably you. a huge paying audience for midnight basketball. Like what am I doing at midnight? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. I could be going and watching people play basketball. Mm, I personally, I'm watching hockey because it's faster paced, mm. uh, and I enjoy the fights. I mean, I bet you could get the teens to fight at midnight basketball if you just like, you know, put Look, something extra in their jewels. If, why are we? <laughs> why are we even bothering the with the basketball? Let's just have teens fight to the death. I mean, see that's who's strongest. I've, I'm concerned. I don't know what teens are strongest. Hold on, Jesse. I have a hit YA novel to write, <laughs> uh, and it's not that idea. It's a different one that I just had. <laughs> <laughs> teen Scorpion versus Teen Sub-Zero. Uh, Mom, <laughs> they fall I, can't, in love. I can't hang out tonight. Me and Gunner and Marley and Johnny Cash are going to the Castro to fence tiaras and vape. <laughs> Johnny Cash? <laughs> that's Johnny one of the, Cash. That's one of the kids' names. It's all one word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hipster like parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, really, the problem with with writing teens is that you can't put it all in there because, like, the real life of being a teen is just so weird and over the top, and just like the drama and the like, the feelings and the hormones and stuff. Right. If you put that in a book, like, people are just gonna—they're not gonna be able to deal with it. I feel sure. like, you know, I, when I, I when I try and access my teen feelings, I think of them and. 
you know, obviously they were jacked up because of hormones and, you know, mm-hmm. the time of your life. Mm-hmm. But also I'm like, I just wasn't drinking water. How much more reasonable would I have been if I drank any water at all? Can I That's tell you a really this? Good point. As the parent of uh, three neurodivergent children, something that I have really come to understand is that I usually have to go pee and I'm kind of denying it. So yeah. I should just go pee and then deal with whatever I need to deal with. Absolutely. That's my insight from my children's occupational therapy is that, look, I should just go pee and then deal with difficult things. Yeah. If life seems overwhelming, Seems like a, a good life lesson. So yeah. you're saying that like basically all YA novels would be sorted out if they just took bathroom breaks. And <laughs> hydrated. I mean, they go and hand in hand. So, so they got to drink a lot of water and then sure. pee, and then they'll I mean, be those, fine. Yeah, those sexy those vampires. Yeah, the sexy vampires are just drinking blood. Yeah. You know? Can Throw I a little water in there, point. Edward. I would say, number one, plenty of water. Number two, regular bathroom breaks. Number three, I would probably suggest acai berries because they're a superfood. Mm, right. It's a good it's a good lesson for any sexy vampires out if there. If there's any teens, uh, teen vampires out there or teen werewolves, um, acai berries, and then you're going to want to get uh, healthy fats, uh, like those like, in nuts or fish. So those omega-17, you know, Yeah, turbo. omega-17, by the way. I love the quizzes in there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which kind of almond are you? That's the Raelian teen magazine. Right. It's called Omega-17. <laughs> Omega-17. Um, Charlie, I was, Charlie Jane, I was just realizing my poll for, you know, teen teen book protagonist was sexy vampire but i mm-hmm. guess i'm not as plugged into this world as you how do how does the modern teen today feel about vampires are they over or are they just a perennial you know focus it's a really good question i haven't seen any freaking vampires in like a ya book in a while i feel like there might still be a little bit of a twilight hangover it's hard to say i mean you know, I always stand a sexy vampire. I've been watching all the Anne Rice stuff on AMC and like... Oh, I've heard those are good. Yeah, they're really fun and super gay and violent and weird and fucked up and I love them. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like teens are just so much more into, you know, weird love triangles and enemies to lovers and like, you know, people who are forced to be together, but they don't want to be together, but they really do want to be together, but they're forced to be together. So they don't want to be together. Like George W. Bush and Obama when they're doing uh, disaster relief together. Yeah, exactly. Just like those two. <laughs> yes. George enemies W. Bush lovers. and Obama are basic. They are enemies to lovers. Oh, my God. Oh my and they're gosh. they're like the ultimate YA protagonist. Somebody needs to write like a YA book about George W. Bush and Barack Obama. Like, <laughs> Which one's the vampire? Love, <laughs> and going to like a fairyland and like there's only one bed. And then Beautiful. <laughs> of course they have only to one share bed. the bed. You know, there's yeah. always only one bed. Stay on your side, Barack. (laughs) I feel like people remember Barack Obama's official presidential portrait by Kehinde Wiley. Um, But honestly, personally, I would love to see the original portrait by George W. Bush um, before they said that you can't hang dong in the National Portrait Gallery. (laughs) 
That was uh, Biden said that, right? <laughs> yeah, I believe that was by Joe Biden. Right. When I'm the only one who sang a dog <laughs> in this gallery. <laughs> and then he put his sunglasses on. Puts on the, puts on the aviators. jacket, but no pants. <laughs> pulls down his pants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he, he drives up to the National Portrait Gallery in his Camaro, <laughs> throws right. it in park, comes out in a flight jacket, sure. sunglasses, and his dick out. <laughs> Why is bad to the bone playing? Where is that coming from? Yeah. I really do not want to imagine Joe Biden's penis. I'm sorry. Like I just that's that's yeah. a let's, that's a ment- I got a mental block. Let's Doc. not do it. Let's not do it. I'm not gonna do it. Jesse, you're not gonna none of us are imagining it. We're not I'm, gonna right do now it. I'm imagining Dr. Jill Biden crying, but it's because she's so happy and proud. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, that's what my man. Couple. What a beautiful couple. That's Aww. my man. Charlie Jane, what would you say are some of the top YA creatures of 2023? Please say Griffins. Wow, I haven't seen any freaking Griffins. I'm sorry. I've seen a lot of elves, a lot of fairies. There's been some really great fairy books lately. Uh, There's a lot of like mythical creatures from like other parts of the world that I've been seeing lately, which I'm really excited about. Like I just Mm. read a freaking great book about... uh, a mythical bird woman from Thailand. I don't know. Wow. Sure, Charlie Griffins. Jane. I love a griffin. I mean, I, just I sold... stand a griffin. Sure. <laughs> I'm more of a wyvern guy. I just sold my first YA pitch last week for a sexy Quetzalcoatl. Mm. Oh my God. Well, I would read the shit out of sexy Quetzalcoatl for mm. sure. Winged fucking serpent. It is kind of a wyvern actually. It's a Mexican wyvern, kind of. I don't know That's if I get true. in trouble for saying a Quetzalcoatl is a Mexican wyvern, an Aztec wyvern. I don't, am I uh, in, Charlie uh, Jane, you're canceled. Am I in <laughs> trouble? Tra- I don't this know. This has been a trap. <laughs> I mean, Can I, let me say this, Charlie Jane. You need to decolonize your mythical creatures. No, you're wow. you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. And like now I'm thinking about it, and I'm like, no. In fact, if anything, a wyvern is a European Quetzalcoatl. I don't know. Actually, I um they're, I was they're probably at, completely different, and I just totally mushed them together. Uh, I was at uh, WonderCon this weekend, which is like Ooh. a smaller, more manageable Comic Con that happens in Anaheim. It's like a baby Comic Con. It's a little Comic Con. Um, and I noticed, um, I noticed a couple of things. Uh, one, there was more, um, like religious booths like booths Ooh. of like you know i here's some super here's some superheroes that were real who you know samson uh, we're talking about yeah, samson right here. samson you know and then like you know fanboys for christ like g-r-o-o-t j-e-s-u-s five letters five guardians five apostles coincidence no you know it's like that Jordan, uh, release yeah. the Paul cut. <laughs> exactly, yeah. The Apostle Paul. <laughs> Paul's edit of <laughs> Paul's edit of Justice League. <laughs> Five hours, black and white. Mm-hmm. More cyborg backstory. I miss when the religious people were just protesting across the street from the convention center at Comic Con, and they yeah. have their signs, and then everybody else would show up with signs being like, "Dark side is coming. Watch out for Thanos." And like, you know, <laughs> it would just get wacky. It would get yeah. seriously wacky and delightful, and just like I love a protest and a counter protest, or whatever the heck that was. Right. But no, now they're inside the con trying to, you know, get you to buy a self-published <clears throat> comic book about, you know, Samson or Noah or whatever. Um, 
but then counter to that, um, I guess I shouldn't say. I'm, I'm, I'll say maybe maybe these two things aren't as far apart as I think they are. But there was a lot more horny stuff, um, mm-hmm. you know. So a so lot wait, of this like, is this. We're still on the Jesus. We're still on the religious part. There's like it's there's horny religious stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know certain depictions of Christ are pretty horny. I mean, okay, good. So I just I was trying to draw the connect the dots here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so more religious stuff, more, Jordan, you know, I'm sorry, yeah. I d- just so you know, that's not Christ. That's Joe Biden. Oh, <laughs> wow. You saw that, that picture is, I mean, I can understand. I assumed. Were, yeah. yeah. Mm. Charisma wise. Right. Um, and teeth, they both have gorgeous teeth. Beautiful teeth. Veneers um, probably. And, um, but also, uh, there were not the amount of jokers that there usually are at these cons there was a huge joker drop off just you know i was at san diego comic-con just this summer crawling with jokers and you know a few short months later basically zero jokers can i ask this jordan yes you may was there a corresponding uptick in midnight tokers (laughs) there were yes a lot of midnight tokers (laughs) i mean that's the (laughs) yeah are people release, t- release the Steve Miller cut? Are people less twisted? Do you think that's my concern? Are today's kids less concerned with being totally twisted, and maybe they're not getting off on chaos like they once did? I don't maybe know. they're into twisters, right? And the blizzards. Movie, <laughs> the movie Twister with <laughs> Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah. So what was Just the, how many like, Paxtons did you see at WonderCon? <laughs> a, lot, a lot of Paxtons and a lot of the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. Any Pullmans? Did you see any Pullmans? Paxtons, that's a classic Comic-Con uh, game to play. Right. Is you take your tally of how many Paxtons, how many Pullmans. Popular couple's costume. Uh-huh. <laughs> you go as Paxton, your partner goes as Pullman. <laughs> and then you forget which one of you is which. Right. <laughs> How was the Deadpool quotient? Were there a lot of Deadpools? Were there great like que- great question? Still very high. Still a lot of Deadpool. Still a lot of Harley Quinns. Um, so those uh... are you know those are kind of perennial comic comic book convention fixtures. But just like that, the levels of those was pretty much standard with what I know. Those two are a little twisted. I mean they're mm-hmm. they're ready with a they're ready with a quip, right? Along with uh, their Hyper violence, sure. Something they're kind worth of the same character a little bit. They're they're both like I feel like Harley Quinn is the DC version of Deadpool, kind of. Yeah, I, I think they can. They both had. They can both. They both have permission to break the fourth wall these days. Is Harley yeah. Quinn Joker's girlfriend? She's his ex, and yeah. they had a basically most versions. They had kind of a semi abusive relationship where he treated her like dirt, and. She finally gets over him. And actually the cartoon is freaking great because they actually have a really interesting kind of like they become friends eventually. Like they eventually kind of become friends. That's really nice. They have kind of a healthier relationship as exes than they did when they were together. It's actually really nice. I would love to. And the Joker becomes a vegan and runs for mayor and becomes mayor. And he's (laughs) just like a vegan mayor now. Yeah. We we have no choice but to stand. I've always I've always said that the Joker is the Cory Booker of the DC universe. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, I would ask who the Joe Biden is, but we got to check out those dongs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably not. Joe Few. 
Too few are uh, are hanging dong in the right. DC universe. You guys want to thumb through our old jail eyes and check out the dongs and then come back for a little bit more? Sure. Oh, wow. Just got a note here, Jordan. Mm. Apparently, the Joker's new girlfriend is Rosario Dawson. Good and everything. Yeah, good and everything. Okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It is Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Every episode of Jordan Jesse Go. And Jordan, when I say every episode, I'm including this episode. <gasps> this episode? Yeah. Brought to you by you, the audience, the members of Maximum Fun. Thank you to everybody who has been a member for a long time. Thank you to all the new members who joined during the Max Fun Drive. Of course, you can join at any time at MaximumFun.org slash join. We salute you. We're also supported this week by the kind folks over there at Lumi Labs. And Jordan, when I say kind, I mean kind. <laughs> They're also <laughs> that's, dank. That's right. They're big sweeties. Dank sweeties over there at Lumi Labs. They're the microdose Folks, they've got microdose gummies that deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Jordan, yesterday yeah. I ate one, and then I just played Skyrim for a long time. That's a beautiful story. Where, where, where are you at on your Skyrim replay? What's going on right now? I have, I'm, I'm at a very high level. I'm having a hard time leveling up because I would need to learn new skills, and that would probably mean learning to block and realistically, that's not going to happen. Don't um, judge yourself too much for not grinding for those levels. You'd need to wear more advanced armor. Just be yourself. Play how you want to play. Pop a little microdose gummy and have the time of your life. Microdose available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description, but again, that's microdose.com, code JJGO. If you want to get up on the Jumbotron, you can, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. And uh, we'll be back in just a minute on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Charlie Jane Anders, uh, turducken fluffer. <laughs> Do they, are they having a... Are they having a hard time or I think these days they just give them that shot. They just give they, the turducken just, that you know injection. They got it you gotta get it as crispy as possible. And mm -hmm. you, it's gotta the right. you know, the heat's gotta penetrate all the way through and it's, there's just a lot of arranging that has to happen. Jordan, when so you're true. making an adult film, how much basting do you do? Are you basting um, every hour or Honestly, basting isn't my concern. It's just how do I get the chicken up there? <laughs> <laughs> right. It's, it's tough. It's you start tough. with the chicken and then you build around it. You know, you just. Mm. Oh. 
Yeah, you I kind of assemble. I, uh, you assemble the tur- the duck and the turkey right. and the possibly the pheasant. I don't know if you're going to go for the fez or duckhead. Oh wow! Well, my my well, uh, my tur- OnlyFans is about to get a lot more popular. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the grouse goes. Where does the grouse go? I don't know. <laughs> Tergrousen. <laughs> I talked. I've talked before on this show about how I. Uh, how I read and and my life was changed by this one Bill Bryson book called At Home that was like a history of domestic life. Mm -hmm. And the main thing that was important to me was just how late we figured out about forks. And then also just the variety of birds that would be presented at the same time if you happen to be a king or whatever. That like the main thing about being a king that showed you were a king was how many different birds you ate. So yeah, like if you could throw down a couple of hummingbirds before you sat down for your turkey, that meant you were riding pretty high on the hog. And then a pheasant and four and 20 blackbirds and you call it a night. Boom. Try and pump out a male heir. You know what I mean? Eat eat an ostrich. Eat an ostrich, try and make some babies. Well, I don't know if any of our listeners have had a male heir recently, but some of them have had very momentous occasions. They've given Look, us a if, call. If you're a member of the landed gentry and right. you've finally conceived a male heir, uh, give us a call, 206-984-4FUN, or just send us a voice memo at jjgoatmaximumfun.org. Here's one momentous occasion. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, and guest. I'm going to say Steve Buscemi. Uh, I've got a momentous occasion. I just got wrong. It's Michael Shannon. (laughs) Who was eating a hot dog like she was smoking a cigarette between her index and forefinger. Incredible. Anyway, shout out to uh, my guy Carl Litter. This is why we pay for the executive membership at Costco. In the executive lounge, you get to see somebody smoking a Polish. Right. Wow. That sounds really glamorous. God. Do you think it's possible this was a teen and this is what they're this is what's after Jules? Oh, right. They've all <laughs> the all the commercials worked. Yeah. On all those commercials that play over um uh, you know, like standard cable TV, which is, you know, what teens are always watching. Yeah. They worked. All the commercials telling, talking about the dangers of vaping mm-hmm. worked. Teens are like, oh, my God, I can't believe that I was poisoning myself like this. Thank you, commercials. Tossed the jewels. And now Thank they're you, just, based commercials. Right. <laughs> now they're just walking around with hot links between their fingers. Jordan, talk about smoked meats. I mean, yeah. You know, what if you're, you want to have candy cigarettes, but you're, I don't know, a diabetic or you just yeah. don't want that much sugar in your diet? I don't know. I would love, to, I, I think we just got rich with uh, dietetic candy cigarettes, <laughs> a, a sugar free candy <laughs> cigarette with savory just, flavors. Oh, wow. So you're, I was going to suggest saccharin or whatever, but I like this, uh, I like this savory move. 
that recalls, do you think we offer a hot dog and a Polish or do you think we branch out into brats and all that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think we do, we do some beef, we do some pork and, you know, for the vegetarian and vegans out there, we do a, we do a mushroom and an eggplant. Can I ask you, do you to this and Charlie Jane, perhaps you're not a meat eater. I, I, I don't know. But when you're at the ballpark or similar and there's a hot dog and a Polish available for purchase, can you tell the difference between the two? Because I cannot. <laughs> no idea what the difference between a hot dog and a Polish sausage is. In the con like, obviously, if I went into a Polish delicatessen, I could probably get myself a nice Polish sausage. But Are we talking about a kielbasa here? Is that what we're talking about? I mean, they just call it a Polish. They just call it a Polish when you're when you got two you hot dogs and Polish. Oh man, I haven't been to a ball game in so freaking long. I just remember hot dogs. I don't remember any other options. Where do you know, even get I... red ropes? It's <laughs> a really good question. I haven't had red ropes in a long time either. Malt cups? Where do you get those? My life is just an empty yawning chasm. I don't even know. <laughs> Wow. The last time I went to a ball game, it was a work thing and we all went out and it was like minor league baseball, which minor league baseball, you get to watch them completely screw up, which is like kind of more entertaining because they're not as good as like the major league teams. I mean, they're still amazing compared to like an ordinary person, but they make errors. They kind of like screw around. And like one of my coworkers was just really committed to heckling. Like <laughs> he just wanted to heckle the players and just yell like specifically the players on the other team i guess just yell the most evil things he could think of at them like one of them was like related to pete rose who'd been in a gambling uh scandal and charlie jane an underage sex scandal (laughs) oh well i only knew about the gambling scandal which that's probably for the best but there's a worker an extraordinary breadth of assholery when it comes to pete rose Anyway, He's got a finger in every was, asshole was, pie. Was I think it was it Pete Rose's son or nephew or I don't know. My coworker was just heckling the shit out of him about his about Pete and like just yelling really personal insults the entire time. And that was actually it was kind of delightful to just sit there next to someone who I work with every day who's normally a lovely coworker, just reaming whoever this was <laughs> at the top of his lungs. It is. It is. I understand why minor league baseball players think it's disrespectful but to me a spectator i love it how they're just always playing yakety sacks <laughs> yeah. i mean i you know their, what it makes their errors a lot funnier let me say this mike trout give me a call when you've got an inflatable sumo suit and we'll talk <laughs> right <laughs> then we'll talk okay then we'll talk um, kids get the chance to run the bases you know what happened to me the other day hmm Went to Dodger Stadium here in Los Angeles with uh, my son, Oscar, and our friend, Samuel Kalin, the son of Mr. Elliot Kalin of the Flophouse. Got to run the bases after the game. Hey. But you know what parents get to do? Just stand there like assholes. They don't let us run the fucking bases. I didn't have base running money when I was a kid. This is my shot to run the fucking bases. Let me at them. It's just dirt. I'm not going to break the dirt. This is the like, this is like an upgrade you can get with your tickets where the kids can run the bases, but there's not an option for adult base running. I think they have a once a month or something like that, a first Friday of the month or some shit. 
you get to run the the kids get to run the bases after the game. I think on Tuesday nights it's grown up night. You know, like when yeah. I feel like, the same way about bounce houses. Let me in there. Oh God, yes. Did you, you fuck, know I'm gonna fuck shit up in there? Did you know, Jordan, that you can just rent a bounce house? And there's not like a you know, wait they for don't age check limit? your ID to make sure that you're that you're it's your birthday or whatever. Huh. You can just call the bounce house people and say, bring a bounce house to my house. I have a you know, $125 or whatever. Right. You give them your $125, they just leave it there for the day. They huh. don't check it if it's your birthday, they don't check if there's children present, they don't check shit. They just give you the bounce house and leave. Yeah, okay. They well. bounce. And, they and you can get anyone you want. You can get the one with the big ramp. You know what I mean? The slide. Oh, Jesse, I've already made up my mind. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> okay, fair sorry, enough. I, yeah, I, um, I'll hear about the other ones, but I've already made what, up my mind. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a I'm getting a phone call. Hello. Oh hi. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I can I can come over afterwards and and comfort comfort you, Jordan. It's it's SpongeBob SquarePants. He's really sad. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, he did say that, but I'm sure he didn't mean it. Jordan's Jordan's a nice guy. No, Jordan loves pineapples under the sea. What are you talking about? Yeah, next time. Next time. It was... Say hi for me. Say hi for me. (laughs) Shit, I just hung up. I just hung up, Jordan. Listen, hey, I, I think SpongeBob is hilarious. Um... You know, one of hilarious the, as one Spider-Man. Of the, one of the funniest of all time. But yeah, Spidey's just, you know, he's a special character to me. And when a character has been with you as long as Spider-Man has been with me, I want to honor him by jumping around inside him. Let me ask you this, Jordan. Yeah. When you say that uh, he's been in you a long time, mm-hmm. I guess I always figured Spider-Man would be kind of a two-minute man. How long are you guys going Jesse. going at it? Okay, I've had I've had, it, it I've had enough to hear with all of your going there. Okay, sorry. You, you in the Hollywood executives I could handle. Sorry. You socking it to wait, Congress. Wait, hold on. Okay. I'm getting, hold on. I'm getting a phone okay. call. Okay, I'm gonna wait till you're done, and then I'm gonna say say hi. Did you say hi for me? Hello. Uh, it a third time. Hi, oh, oh, hi, oh, hi, Spidey. How are you? Oh, really? So you, that's what gets you off. Me talking about that? So it's like being satire cucked? Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for you. Why don't you fight Dr. Octagon now? Okay, good night. Stay for me, stay for me. (laughs) No, it's too late. He's going to go fight Dr. Octagon. (laughs) You know what I mean? I do. You know what that's like. Sure. Charlie Jane, what uh, was your experience with the early internet? God, my experience with the early internet. I got into weird fights, like the weirdest fights, like fights you wouldn't believe. Like uh, when I was in high school, I discovered Usenet, which was like Twitter for, you know, really old people who like to write long, angry things. Mm-hmm. Um, it even had its own cults, like used to have its own cults. And I went on there and I just like would say whatever the hell came into my mind. And then people in like the Netherlands would get mad at me and I'd be like, <laughs> people in the Netherlands think I'm an asshole. This is great. And then I would just go in there and do it some more. 
And it was just, I don't know. I would like lurk on all these like weird Usenet groups. And it was like my first experience of just being able to start shit with anybody anytime. And like when I was like 17, that was like the best thing in the world. Let me ask you this, Charlie Jane. Did you ever go onto the uh, Usenet group for the NBC sitcom news radio? Because maybe we ran into each other. I didn't go into that one. <laughs> Dang. I'm, I'm going to go back in time and tell myself to go in there and like, you know, say the stupidest shit I can think of. And then maybe John we'll Lovitz was better than Phil Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> and like my friends and I would have like a bulletin board online somewhere where we would just take turns writing pieces of a story. And it was just the dumbest shit we could come up with. Basically when I was a teenager, the internet was for posting like the dumbest shit that I could think of. And like looking for really terrible porn, but mostly dumbest shit i could think of <laughs> now it's for those things but the dumbest shit you can think of changes the course of geopolitical events. i know it's like freaking weird man like usenet was so low stakes nobody was nobody who mattered was paying attention to it that's the thing i, I miss about usenet i was like, just trying to argue about the matt williams trade okay the end of the day it worked out we got jeff kent you know what i'm talking about guys we don't no fucking clue. But wow. you know, like if you posted on Newsnet and just started some really stupid shit and then the next day, like the New York Times was like, people are arguing on Newsnet about like stupid shit. It would be <laughs> right. like, like, I don't know. It's so, what, I can't Charlie imagine, Jane, like, what, 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 uh, Usenet groups were you on? Oh my God. Well, there was a Doctor Who group that I would like lurked on a lot. Alt.fan.doctor Who? It was like Rec Arts, I think. I don't even mm -hmm. fucking know. And there was like, there were some like comics groups there. There were one or two queer groups that I like super lurked on, but never posted ever. Um, yeah, it was just like, it was mostly the really nerdy ones, but then I would also go into some of the other ones where it was just like the Kybology groups, which was like, I think Kybology was like a weird cult that it was like a fake cult. I don't even know. Charlie Jane, I like the idea that you were going on the nerdy use, Usenet groups. Like you weren't going on the, the Soch uh <laughs> use that groups the right. jocks were on rec.sport.highschoolfootballquarterback there's <laughs> just a topic it says how much do you bench and then just a list of numbers yeah. i mean you know god bless them there was a group called alt.sex.stories.hamster.ducttape <laughs> which was just like somebody was like let's create that and like it was just a joke group but it was like very very weird like, that's what I liked about Usenet is how weird it was. And when I was a teenager, it was like, yes, this is what the internet is going to be like forever. And I was kind of half right. The internet was definitely going to be weird forever, but it was not going to be that kind of uh, pointless or inconsequential forever. Yeah. I think now a lot of people are on alt.fan.q. Mm, mm-hmm. A lot of good, mm -hmm. a lot of good hamster mm -hmm. memes yeah. over there. <laughs> and some about guinea pigs. A lot of good, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we we got one of these early internet memories in the mail here. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read it here. These are anonymous early internet memories that have been sent to jordanjessego at AOL.com, which sounds like a joke e email address, but is a real email address that Daniel signed up for. Uh, okay. Back when I was 12 or 13, so 1997 or 98, my parents sat me down for a very serious talk. 
with both parents. So I knew that this was a topic of earth-shaking importance. They carefully explained that they found a website in the computer's internet history about which they were deeply concerned. Bikini.com. They wanted to know if I had been looking at that website. I had, in fact, been looking at that website, so I considered fessing up, but I was also profoundly confused because there wasn't even any nudity. It was an adorably softcore site, but my parents were so intense about it that I denied everything. Mom, Dad, I I was just testing nuclear weapons. (laughs) Bikini.com. It's for the Uh, atoll. Only go to bikini.edu. There you go. Or bikini.org. Bikini.org. Like, keep it nonprofit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I apparently if you go to bikini.com now, it's just a I think it's available. I think we could buy bikini.com. What do you what? what is what are they asking for bikini.com? Let's see. I'm gonna buy us this um, by the way, bikini a Shopify da, link. Bikini.gov is the website of the itty bitty titty committee. Sure. <laughs> oh, the federal body inspectors yeah. is what oh, bikini.com. Just, about, just yeah. about to do FBI.gov versus FBI.com. One of those. Uh, let's see. Okay, so bikini.com takes me to Shopify. I'm going to say buy a store. Um, this looks too complicated. I wish it would just give me a give me a price. But apparently, <clears throat> if we want to go through the rigmarole, we could have bikini.com and put some adorable softcore on there, just like uh, this writer remembers. Can I make an alternative <laughs> Maybe a, a suggestion? Maybe a cute little a cute little private eye who gets in too deep when he's looking into the sexy world of exotic dancers. Can I make an alternative suggestion, Jordan? Sure. Instead of adorable softcore, Mm -hmm. maybe some adorable soft serve, like a Twister or a (laughs) Blizzard. Yeah. Or Blizzard, something like that. (laughs) Sounds really cute. With gummy bears, maybe. That sounds really good. I like a gummy bear when it gets some froyo. Yeah. Jordan, do you like do you like a cold gummy bear? Yeah, I love it. I, I think a like gummy bear as topping. Mm-hmm. on froyo uh, is yeah, really totally. really good i think the texture also of a cold little reese's paper, paper little reese's cups like the yep. little tiny ones mm-hmm. jordan is just for your information charlie jane anders jordan is a legendary texture freak mm-hmm. this guy's mm-hmm. nasty all over for textures cold and ass you gummy like bear few things few things more satisfying too hard to, to chew too hard to chew as no. long as as long as you do not use the word mouthfeel, which I feel oh, like I would, is one of those words that nobody should ever use. I would never dream of it. <laughs> I would never That's, dream of it. If there's one word I want to expunge from the English language, it's mouthfeel. I won't I won't even repeat it to say that I'm not going to say it. I'm just not going to say it. That thing you said, I'm not saying it. No, as a, listen, as a man who enjoys the pleasures of the mouth as much as I do, I would never <laughs> I would never put it like that. <laughs> Welcome to a world of pleasures of the mouth. <laughs> Open your maw and let the textures amaze you. you I'm your host. Texture free. I'm your host, the late <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> from Twister. <laughs> and I too am a nasty texture freak. You're it's jamming me. with Hendrix in heaven, and we're enjoying <laughs> Jello Jigglers. I'm I'm your host. Robin Leach. Mm-hmm. I lost my accent when I went to heaven and became a ghost. 
Ghosts sound American. That's true. <laughs> All ghosts are American. Robin Leach is dead? Oh, no. R.I.P. to a legend. We have yeah. no choice but out. to stand this man who narrated mansion tours. <laughs> oh, God. So speaking of Bikini.com, I once yeah. almost got a job working for the guy who owned Sex.com. Oh, now Sex.com, Charlie Jane. This is thrilling to me because sex, Sex.com, on, go to it. there was a building yeah. by my house when I was growing up. A huge brick building that had been, it was like a decommissioned armory. And at some point, shortly after I left San Francisco in like two, this was like blocks, like three blocks from, from my, my childhood house. Yes. And You're talking about the armory. Yes. And this building had never been used for anything since like World War One because it had no windows and it was a like, but it was a it was a full city block, and I'm sure it had seismic issues because it was mason unreinforced masonry or whatever. And so it was like a magical place to a child because it was so mysterious that in the middle of this dense urban neighborhood uh, that at the time was was you know let's say rough and ready um, that there was this gigantic armory building that looked like it had i'm gonna say dirigibles with bombs on them inside <laughs> and at some point in the in like 2005 or 2010 mm -hmm. oh, whatever yeah. sex.com bought this no, building to make fuck films inside kick.com kink.com oh, okay yeah, sex.com a bitter rival no, okay, well, I can tell you that, so kink.com, I had friends who worked there, and they went to work in that building all the time, and it was like, oh, yeah, we're going off to the armory to make, you know, BDSM porn, and uh, I'm sad I never got to tour it. Like, Don't forget, your, you're forgetting your partridges, you're forgetting your partridges, they would say. You would say as they left the yeah. sex.com was like a famous case back in the 90s, because basically this guy owned like back in the day, if you had like a URL like that, it would be like you'd get all the people who just went to their browser and typed sex <laughs> and then like hit their just like people who didn't know how to use the Internet who would just be like, I want to find sex. And they would just type sex.com. And then, so there was a guy who owned it. I can't remember his name now, but he someone stole the, the domain name from him, like someone like impersonated him or did some kind of weird shady business and stole it. And like it was a lawsuit for it lasted like 10 years. So fast forward to like the early 2000s, I'm looking for a job. I've, you know, I've been working in health, I've been doing health educator stuff. And the guy who originally had sex.com, who it was stolen from, was trying to kind of, he had just reclaimed the, UR, the, the URL from the person who'd stolen it from him after like 10 years of, of legal battles. And he was going to turn it into like a respectable sex education, health education site. And I was like, ah, I'll go see if this guy wants to, like, he was hiring. I went to go, and he, I had a job interview. I had, he kept me waiting for like an hour. He was like, really, he was kind of rude. I, I went out and bought a new suit. It was like a whole thing. And like, in the end, I don't even know what happened with it. Like, I feel like he, it had just been turned into like a bunch of like, um, just ads for porn sites, basically. Like they would just sell space advertising for porn sites and he kept saying i'm going to turn it into a real health education and then i think he never did i think he realized that the way to make money off it was just to not touch it at all and just leave it like as just the most bottom feedery kind of you know 
here's I, lots of click here for hot girls or whatever. I I I took a peek while we were chatting, and uh, that appears to be what's going on there. I Can hope I suggest... your browser is up to date because I I would not go to sex.com now if I didn't have really good antivirus, or all my browser settings were like really good. I um, can I suggest something? Hmm. We've got Charlie Jane on board already. Her background is in health education. I mean, ish. It's been a long time. Uh, I think we re- we buy bikini dot com, <laughs> and we just dedicate it to prostates. <laughs> sure, you know what I mean. Just like all prostate stuff. I think and, there's some logic in there somewhere. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense. I think it makes a ton of sense because a lot of these people that are looking for bikini pics, whether it's Kathy Ireland or Cindy Crawford or uh, Pamela Anderson Lee. Classic babes. um, I think that they would really benefit because a lot of them, frankly, are using baseless implements. Right. It's a shame. And it could get lost up there. You're not assuming that people are are looking for bikinis, that this is just like people who don't know where to buy a bikini, like they, they've they heard might... of bikinis, but they don't know where to get one. They're like <laughs> No. They first of all, I don't know if they're looking for bikinis or not, Charlie Jane. Like I I don't I can't see into their mind. Okay, so maybe they are going maybe they are looking to buy bikinis, but as far as I'm concerned, that is that's gonna be purely coincidental. They're going to this website for pics of bikini babes, uh, Kathy Ireland and so forth. And uh, when they get there, it's really important they don't lose anything up their ass. I mean, you raise a really good point. Counterpoint could just be a site dedicated to the shameful and terrible history of nuclear testing. I'm just Charlie Jane, <laughs> Charlie Jane, the, just I like, didn't come here for a point counterpoint. This isn't Usenet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really, I think the world is Usenet at this point. I think. How about getting, this? I think Usenet I've has become the world. The world. Here's like, a compromise. Usenet everted. Usenet Here's a everted. compromise for you. Let's say that we don't dedicate it to the history of nuclear testing. Instead, I mean, John Wayne gave his life. Instead, <laughs> I say we dedicate it to the history of atolls. Hold, hold okay. on, I'm getting no a, archipelagos. I'm, I'm getting a call. I'm getting a call. <laughs> yeah, Hello? Jordan's getting a call. Hold on. John Wayne? Wow, like, John Wayne is... Like is he calling for... Ask if... Yeah. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, no, I no, I know. I know you can't talk for very long in hell, but... Um, <laughs> so, yeah. A, yeah, we'll we'll catch up later, but you, there's just something you want Jesse to know? What was... Wait. Okay. Wait. He says to just make it a place where people can buy bikinis. Okay. Okay. Can you, um, before he goes, would you mind? Oh, all right. See ya. (laughs) God damn it. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, wait. Hold on. Hmm. I I just got a text from Rappin' Duke. It says, Taha, Taha. I don't know what that means. Okay. Well, there was a a John Wayne impersonator who made a rap song called Rappin' Duke. Hmm. Uh, in the song, he says, Taha, Taha, is later alluded to by uh, the rapper Biggie Smalls, also mm-hmm. known as the Notorious okay. B.I.J. Right. Okay. Remember rapping Duke, Taha, Taha. I never thought hip hop would take it this far. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah. 
Well, we had a lot of fun here <laughs> sure talking about that that magical building from my childhood that got turned into a fuck palace. Um, <laughs> and different uses for the URL uh, bikini.com. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff caterpillars becoming butterflies martha stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees yes you heard me right trees neighbors becoming enemies just kidding (laughs) whatever messed up stuff we can find on wikipedia our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to tv shows to bodily functions and horses lots and lots of horses come for our horned up rants about the world stay for the catchy theme songs you might not learn anything but we're a good hang baby geniuses every other week on maximumfun.org Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Charlie Jane Anders, cat wrangler. Charlie Jane Anders, you have a new book out called Promises Stronger Than Darkness. It's out April 11th, uh, so it, it may well be available by the time this episode is released. Charlie Jane, t- tell, me, tell me about this, your latest best-selling novel. Yeah, it's the third book in the trilogy. Basically, you know, this trilogy is about, I think, feel like I talked about it on one of your previous episodes, but it's about this teenage girl named Tina who is secretly the clone of an alien superhero. And she has all the memories of this alien superhero's past life, like trapped inside her, uh, but she won't get them back until she's old enough. And then, spoiler alert, she's old enough and she goes up into space and some other kids from Earth go with her. And she's trying to like, recapture her former glory from before she died and was cloned and came back. And unfortunately the memories don't quite come back the way they're supposed to. And she finds out that being a superhero actually kind of sucks and she doesn't want to kill people because killing people sucks. And she meets a bunch of queers from earth and a bunch of queer aliens. And she's also pretty queer. And so it's a very queer series, but they're, they save the universe through kind of like, teamwork and friendship and also just a lot of arguing and fighting and you know ridiculous maneuvers and in by in the third book basically what's happened at this point is tina finally got back all the memories of her former life as an alien superhero but she was erased in the process and so now there's just this alien superhero wandering around in tina's body honestly being a total asshole and (laughs) you know kind of just like basically if you were like the savior of the galaxy and you died and then against your will you were brought back to life in a teenage body after you lived a whole life before that and you didn't want to be brought back to life in a teenage body but then you're a teenager again and you're like well i have all these hormones 
I am feeling pretty pissed off about the way things turned out. So I'm just going to get drunk and like, you know, hook up with strangers. And that's where we find what's left of Tina. And meanwhile, her friends are trying to save the galaxy. And they're kind of a lot of the third book is really them trying to figure out what to do about Tina, but also kind of figuring out how like that thing I said before about how killing sucks are they willing to kill if that's the only option? And like, there's a lot of stuff about that. And it's basically about like, when you're fighting fascists, how far are you going to go in order to save the people you love? And are there lines that you shouldn't cross? And is, you know, are there circumstances where violence is the only option? And it's, you know, so yeah, she gets pretty heavy, but it's also extremely silly. There's like, monkey they're singing monkey robots plural and there's like a weird wedding chapel at the end of the universe and it gets it gets almost somebody compared it to kind of being almost douglas adamsy the other day which i think it's not quite that silly but it's it definitely gets pretty silly charlie also, jane yeah charlie jane correct me if i'm wrong she sounds like kind of a nepo baby to me i mean it is a little bit of being a nepo baby i mean like clone nepo baby there's a little bit of there's a little bit of common space there i could see that yeah yeah let me she just definitely say. got something handed to her which is very common among ya heroes luke skywalker nepo baby great like, point absolutely great point luke skywalker is a classic <laughs> nepo baby sure. harry potter nepo baby uh -huh. like fucking even katniss everdeen kind of a nepo baby they're all just mm. fucking nepo babies yeah, a bunch of fun. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I have read the first book in the series. Got the second oh, one on the shelf, chambered, oh ready to crack. Um, terrific book. Um, Action packed, uh, big teen feelings, uh, very good values. And also, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I know, I know you're maybe looking to, you, you know, manage expectations when it comes to Douglas Adams, Adams comparisons. Very funny. Charlie Jane Andrews, very funny person, very funny writer. So uh yeah, well, I think if you, you if you know if you know a cool teen who might like this stuff, get one for them. Uh but also if you're if you're a non teen and you just like cool books, uh you're gonna love these. I think they're I, terrific. I heard Charlie Jane Andrews is a Nepo baby. <laughs> um are we all Nepo babies deep down? Yeah. I mean, you know. That's a good point. I, I inherited mean, my mother's passion for having unreadable handwriting. Mm -hmm. And hey, aren't we all just Nepo babies for, for, of God? We're all his children. <laughs> yeah, and that's a really, that good like, really good point. And isn't that just like being Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell's kid? Jordan, let me tell you this. Yeah. You're a Nepo baby of God, certainly. Yeah. Proud, but in my proud, book, proud Nepo baby. In my book, you're not just a Nepo baby. You're a Neko wafer because you're Aww. so sweet. Thank you. Aww. I came in a roll with chalky. a bunch of other babies. <laughs> and I'm sweet popular and in Sweden or something? <laughs> yeah, no one knows. What Why am is I still... that? I just want to know how you knew that my mom was Goldie Hawn. I mean, like, I don't, I never tell people that because I don't want them to freak out. Like, I don't yeah. want, you know. They yeah. start asking me all these private Benjamin questions and I just don't know what to say. I'm like, I was five. I don't know. Right. I have some overboard trivia I need answered. <laughs> overboard? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Overboard starring Goldie Hawn. I watched a Walter Matthau movie that was the, the premiere of Goldie Hawn. The, oh. Not the greatest movie, but uh, Goldie Hawn was fucking great. You know why she was a famous movie star? So good. Mm-hmm.
That's she all I got funny. on Goldie Hawn. Very funny. She was really funny. Yeah. I mean, like you would like, know Charlie all that all I that mean, time Mom, at home Mom, with her Mom had and the chops. Mm-hmm. I bet she, she was funny just serving cereal to you <laughs> or nursing you, sure. uh, changing your dieties, at your high school graduation. <laughs> you know, I have all these memories of like breastfeeding and just like laughing so hard that it was just <laughs> yeah. really hard to like. Hilarious, oh, hilarious oh. cans on that broad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was just the pattern, the pattern. Yeah. It was just the never ending pattern. Charlie Jane was already in the FBI. Sure. <laughs> God. I mean, Kurt was kind of a Kurt was not the best dad, I'm gonna say. Yeah. Wow. Kurt, you know. So busy with his minor league baseball team <laughs> that he had. He had a minor league was, baseball team. He and his he father, was, I think. Is that real? Yeah, that's, that, real. that's real. There's a documentary about it. Uh, I seen okay. it. Yeah. Not the greatest documentary. I thought a lot that of was people told me I'd like it. No, but it's a real thing. Yeah, the Portland something or others. They were in Portland. Okay, look, I think we've sorted this whole thing out, right? Mm-hmm. Everything's wrapped up in a neat little package. Charlie Jane Anders' uh, new book is Promises Stronger Than Darkness. Uh, she's been hailed as the new Douglas Adams, but better. <laughs> uh, I got that quote from, uh, hold on, getting a phone call here. Uh, hello? Oh, hi, Goldie. <laughs> calling from you're Earth? Just, you're, <laughs> are you still alive? <laughs> you're just calling to let me know that you're proud of Charlie Jane Anders? Aww. Isn't Mom. that a wonderful message? What's Walter Matthau really like? Was he really that grumpy and in amazing? Well, I, I would never have guessed, but I'll have to go take a look at the National Portrait Gallery. It was uh, Goldie Hawn. She was calling to say that she was proud of Charlie Jane Anders and dis- and to describe Walter Matthau's crank. Mm. Um, that's all, uh, boy, uh, our theme music is love you by the free design, courtesy of the free design and light in the attic records. Um, our social medias are, uh, Instagram at Jordan David Morris and at put dot this dot on, uh, Twitter, Jordan underscore Morris and Jesse Thorne. And of course, Jordan, Jesse go there, facebook.com slash Jordan, Jesse go producer emeritus, Brian, Sunny D Fernandez. And we will talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.